Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And you know, one of the primary symptoms caused by the illusion of separation is fear. When we truly understand our innate undivided wholeness and cultivate a whole worldview, everything can change. Fear dissipates. But can non-dual insight cure an epidemic of fear? This is going to be a long intro, but this is an important topic. You know, I'm a meaning maker. I see I see patterns and possibilities beyond normal waking consciousness. I'm not just a seer, but a multidimensional synthesizer, always looking for the meta design and deeper spiritual meaning. And I encourage others to think bigger, see farther, feel deeper, and know more. So when the coronavirus emerged in the headlines and sadly got cooked up in the polarized, crazy and chaotic battleground of news and politics, of course, it grabbed my attention. What is really going on here? The controversial data, statistics, warnings, arguments, and escalating fear. Many are saying that the most invasive virus that we can experience today is fear. And we are infected. Fear is contagious. It spreads quickly and can be more dangerous than the virus itself. The whole situation has created a compelling invitation for all of us to dive deeper, to find the calm waters beneath the storm at the surface, and perhaps dive even a little deeper to discover the pearls of wisdom that are waiting for us there. A couple of my gifted, intuitive friends had, uh, have offered insightful and poignant reflections, providing a calm, compassionate, and loving response. I am honored to bring their voices and wisdom to you here today as we explore the benevolent spiritual wisdom, energetic patterns, evolutionary perspectives, and perhaps even the consciousness of Corona. So first... I pause with an important disclaimer. We will not be offering official medical advice, and this will not be a conversation aligned with a medical model or scientific data. Please tune into your own intuition, tune into your body, and follow the advice, precautions, and protocol, perhaps even the treatment prescribed by reputable, trusted healthcare professionals. Okay. So now for the good stuff. I invite you to take a few deep breaths. And today, because of all the fear, let's really focus on that breath. Let's really just take a few minutes and come into that relaxation response. It all begins with the breath. Sit back and then open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our two guests. 
Cheryl Lynn is a medical intuitive, healer, and cosmic conduit who acts as a channel for messages from your higher levels of consciousness and healing energies that can rewire you energetically and have a profound impact on your physical, spiritual, and emotional well-being. Cheryl Lynn's compassionate and direct communication style creates a safe and nurturing space for you to open and receive what is next for you on your path. The information that Cheryl Lynn shares can assist you in understanding your soul's journey and help you to move to the next level in the areas of relationship, career, life purpose, health, and much, much more. Jeff Vanderkloot is a guide for the journey of awakened being. His work facilitates radical consciousness transformation for these extraordinary times. Jeff empowers his clients to discover their true nature and harmonize their activities with the whole of life. He offers clarity, non-dual insight, and transmissions that help people to experience the joy of presence and express the next level of their abilities. I am so happy to have both of you here with this very important topic in these very important times. Welcome, Cheryl, and welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Yeah, it's so great to have you here. And um, I'm really looking forward to um, exploring this with you and perhaps even us in this moment, creating even even greater insights for ourselves. But first, I'm going to Pick on Jeff for a minute. Jeff, we have a f- traditional first question here on the Dr. Julie Show. Cheryl's one of our fan favorites. She's been here many times. And Jeff, mm-hmm. I have this is your first time. So I'm going to ask our traditional question for you, which is, can you share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? All things connected. Well, this is a great question. It's, it's necessary on the journey of awakening to perceive deeply that everything is fundamentally connected to the point of being fundamentally one thing going on. So being able to witness the relationships and play within the field of life and explore all the ways that things are connected, which is never ending and completely wondrous. Uh, That to me seems to be the journey of a human life and it can be a very, very good journey. So uh, it's a front door that I would love to walk through with all of you. Mm. Thanks, Jeff. That was that was beautiful, and a little po- poetic. I I trust that our listeners are hearing how beautifully poetic you are in all of your expressions. I appreciate that about you. And so here we are. Um, I, I just want this to be an informative conversation, fun and yet um, really helpful to our listeners to perhaps think about the coronavirus, think about the fear, think about what's going on on the planet a little bit differently, perhaps using the lens of new eyes. So let, let's just begin with each of you kind of giving us um, some of your insight and wisdom a little deeper of what you see going on with the virus. And then I've picked out several themes from both of your writings. You've both written, I'm going to tell tell our listeners, go to social media and look up Cheryl and look up Jeff. They've both written some really powerful and poignant pieces that, that help us 
stretch a little bit and and really come into a sense of um, calm and knowing that's a little different than what we're getting with mainstream media. So go to their pages on social media, look them up on their websites and their blogs. They've got amazing writing. So like I said, I've picked out some themes that we can go a little deeper in, but let's just start with you, Cheryl. Can you just give us a little bit of um, a synopsis of what you see with the coronavirus that's important? Sure. First, I want to um, start with how I came to write what I wrote about the deeper truth of what is actually happening, because I myself succumbed to the mass consciousness fear in a very small way, and it was subtle, but I realized, and this is just people that are listening, I'm sure will laugh at this example. I was in the supermarket and they had a sale on tins of tuna. (laughs) And normally I would, oh, there's a sale, I'd buy a few extra. But I found myself completely unconsciously putting eight cans of tuna in my cart. And there's just two of us and we don't eat it very often. Um, So I didn't realize until I got home how it had affected me. I'd been hearing over and over again and and um, listening to people preparing for, you know, not being able to leave the house and food shortages. And somewhere in my subconscious, I'd picked up on it and thought, oh, I better make sure I have plenty of tuna, which is was just made me laugh. But then also, wow, if I am feeling this way and I'm pretty tuned in and aware to the deeper truths here, I can't even imagine the fear that is going on in people who maybe don't have um, a broader perspective or aren't looking more deeply than what the media is showing us. So I thought that was an important place to start just because it can affect all of us, even when you're not aware of it. Um, So that, that from that place, I, a few days ago, Got a, I woke up to a message from from the virus, Sim, similar to Jeff, where the I could actually feel like the virus had information to share with me, and what it actually was, and it reminded me of an awareness that I'd had a while back, where, and this was about people, people who are on the planet who maybe are seen by the masses as destructive and evil and we have to eradicate them and and realizing that they actually were just playing a role. They were here to stir things up, to unify us, to bring us together. And that was the feeling I had from the virus that here we are. And, you know, this is this is part of what I wrote about, which is that here we are with this this amplification of fear through the media and People are starting to withdraw from their usual activities, whether it's schools closing or, you know, maybe I'm not going to go to the grocery store as often or, uh, you know, maybe I'm just going to stay home instead of going on that vacation or going away for that weekend. And one could see it as, you know, a disaster. Certainly the media is making it a disaster and how it's affecting us financially and along many, many different um, lines. But what if it actually is happening for us, for our awareness, for our awakening? You know, it doesn't discriminate between geographical borders like humans have 
<laughs> have uh, you know, created these artificial systems where we're all in these little compartments in our own countries, in our own states. And this has kind of brought us all home. And it's, it's actually in a very interesting way, it's a unifying force because, because it, it doesn't discriminate. It means that everyone could be affected by it where other things that we have to deal with in our lives are more selective and we can blame it on this or blame it on that. But this gives us the opportunity, just the fact that this virus is out there, not affecting very many people, but the news would have you believe that it's, it's affecting a huge percentage when you look at the billions of people on the planet, it's not actually a huge percentage. So it's so fascinating that this virus is really a fear virus. And that if you really look at our history, that we have been dealing with viruses and we've been dealing with pandemics and epidemics throughout our human history. And they, they've served a purpose, whatever that was at that time. And they've, then they've disappeared. They've gone away. This, this particular virus, the core of it has been around many, many, many times. This is not the first coronavirus. And it's just that it, it continues to morph depending on what is needed. So that that's a few things. There's a lot more, but I want to give Jeff an opportunity to share his wonderful insights that he he shared on social media. Great. Thanks, Cheryl. Yes, I'm ready to jump in. There's a lot there and I know there's a lot more, but let's hear from you, Jeff. Can you give us your synopsis of this coronavirus? Absolutely. So the way I came to this inquiry was a discernment around whether to travel. I was scheduled to co-lead a journey in India called the Mystic Express, which starts in a few days. And um, I could feel the collective fear saying, don't travel now. And I could hear the voices of family and friends saying, this really isn't the time to go to India. So I sat with that for a number of days. And here I am actually in Delhi. And I'm so glad it is a great time to be here. The experience of traveling was was very easy. Um, people are mindful. That's one thing I've noticed. People are paying more attention because of the virus, but at least here the activities haven't stopped. In fact, today is holy, uh, a very important celebration of spring and the triumph of good over evil and <clears throat> love is celebrated as well very colorfully. So, gosh, I'm glad I came. Then the uh, question is for people who maybe aren't considering traveling right now, or even if you are, uh, what, what is the gift of this situation? So I, I received a gift uh, in terms of being able to uh, look at my carbon footprint and all kinds of activities uh, that I normally don't pay attention to because I just need to go. I've got a commitment. And uh, what I'm seeing is that people are um, obviously concerned. There's a lot of fear. And I always see truth in the situation. So even where there's fear, in the heart of that, there is a truth. There is a gift. There is an offering. And some of the gifts that came through when I asked the virus itself uh, include slowing down humanity's frenetic activities, 
So we're all very busy these days, it seems. And uh, we're so busy, in fact, that we're not typically as mindful as we could be, not even close. So I have clients who are saying, I just feel this inner urge to slow down. And it's not because of the virus in that case. But what I see is that the virus is creating a collective imperative to slow down. And that's going to have a lot of benefits uh, in terms of raising consciousness, but also changing how uh, our behavior affects the, the planet and the environment will produce less of that uh, carbon dioxide I was referring to a moment ago. A second key gift is activating networks of cooperation. We're seeing people come together because there's a common, quote, enemy. And again, it's because of fear, yes, but um, somehow it's serving a higher purpose. So that purpose being, in this case, people supporting one another. I'm seeing more of that than I am of um, the, the hoarding, although I know that's happening. Um, unfortunately, it's just a little tuna fish here and there, maybe. But um, nevertheless, I'm seeing planetary networks of cooperation. A lot of people who might not be moving about uh, from place to place are connecting online and supporting one another, which is happening in this very moment with this conversation. And then a third key gift is spreading helpful DNA. And this is where I need to say I'm not uh, a scientist by training. I'm not a medical doctor. I know a little bit about what viruses do in terms of evolution, and one of the things they do is is spread new genetic information that initially has to be assimilated, and that process can be can be jarring, and it can unfortunately lead to a loss of life. However, in the aggregate, the numbers seem to be very small in this case. This is not a a, a highly um, uh, well, actually, highly virulent or highly fatal disease compared with SARS or MERS, for instance. And then I'll give you three more uh, key gifts, and and perhaps I'll pause at that point. But the the fourth key gift that came through is upgrading humanity's immune system. That's one of the things the virus is doing. It's training us. I could see, actually, like in my mind's eye, I could see the collective uh, body of humanity. If you think of all of humanity as a single body, it's... um. Uh, distributed and disaggregated, so it's not just one uh, obvious entity, but it's it is one entity energetically, and and it has an immune system, and it's becoming more intelligent by virtue of this this <clears throat> testing, this um, uh, this this back and forth conversation actually with the virus, and as I'm saying, humanity is a kind of superorganism, meaning it's a one being that has many many individuals connected. Uh, so too is the virus, which has perhaps trillions of individuals. And I saw that this virus is super intelligent, even though we might think a single uh, virus cell is is kind of dumb, like it's a single cell organism. Well, actually, when you take the aggregate of these trillions of cells circulating around the planet, it's actually, uh, I don't know what the IQ would be, millions, billions, but it's immensely, it's immensely uh, powerful. So... Number five is creating the conditions for peace and well-being. And this is happening in part because of the networks of cooperation. And one of the benefits of the fear is that people realize, hey, wait a minute, I don't have this covered. I can't necessarily be certain that my, my ordinary unconscious actions are going to keep me safe. So I need to come together with other people, with family, with friends, even people I don't know. And so people are coming together across difference, across all kinds of borders and boundaries. And this is essential, 
not only for the realization that all is connected, but that we are deeply in this together. And then finally, the sixth gift is that this virus is actually saving lives. It doesn't look like that in the news, but especially over the long term, by virtue of upgrading humanity's immune system, spreading helpful evolutionary DNA, activating these networks and creating conditions for peace and harmony, harmony with nature, I would say especially, this virus is actually strengthening the web of life. And the, the long-term benefit of that is, is a huge savings, I would say, although I can't prove that and I can't quantify it except intuitively. So there are many gifts. One of the things the virus said it is not is the end of the world. And uh, so hopefully we can set aside the, uh, the overriding fear and work with it and become more conscious in this, um, this initiation for our species. Mm. Wow. Thank you both. Uh, I, I don't even know where to start now. Like my list seems pretty benign compared to all the juice that just came from, from your synopsis here. But I, I want to just um, first make the um, observation that, that both of you are holding um, a whole worldview where you're seeing things from that non-dual place. You're, you're really welcoming in the wisdom from this virus as part of something that could be an extension of us, that could be our friend, that could be a part of our one planetary body. And it, it goes back to the, the top of the show when I typically talk about the illusion of separation. It's like both of you have moved past the illusions of separate separation with the tuna and with the travel. <laughs> I love that. I want to use that again, I'm sure in the show, because it's so fun that it's about the tuna and the travel. And I've had the same questions, Jeff, because I got to go out of the country at the end of this month. So, so you both moved through those temporary or perhaps even subconscious or conscious fears and come back into this idea of of asking the virus what can i learn and asking our higher guidance and and coming up with that so what would you say to those listeners who who maybe don't operate like this who who don't think big like that and are still feeling the separation and feeling that that virus is out there as an enemy um your your words so far have been really good medicine but what more can you say to our listeners and um cheryl let's start with you okay um i think that one of the one of the things is to really in whatever way that makes sense to you, narrow your field of vision so that you're not just taking in everything that comes in front of you. In other words, don't be, you know, watching 10 different news channels, reading, you know, 10 different people's opinions on, on what to do and how to protect yourself. I think that that's part of the fear amplification. And look for common sense things to kind of ease the mind, because that is an important part of it to ease the mind. And if you don't have a practice in place that helps you come back to center, if you don't have something like that, it can be much more difficult. And so then the practical, na our practical nature can be very beneficial in this case. 
where you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to just look at this one source because they seem to have the most practical advice that I, I can come up with. So that's one level. Then the, I think the other piece that is really important in kind of looking at the deeper truth of what's going on is that looking at the entire history, like I had mentioned before, looking at our history of, of plagues and, and viruses and, you know, mass extinctions, like with the Spanish flu, even though many people did die, many people also survived, even in ones that were far more lethal than this coronavirus. So I think putting things into perspective is a really important part of just kind of easing the mind. And then as far as tuning into the virus itself, you know, for, for myself, it's, it's fairly easy for me to get information from, you know, a non-human, <laughs> uh, non-human entity, but I know that that's not true for everyone, but let yourself kind of imagine if this virus or anything, you, we could even be talking about the, the regular old flu that kills far more people than this virus. Even if you look at that and imagine if it were actually here for your benefit, if it was actually here to do something planetarily to help all of us, what would you imagine it would, that reason would be? There's so many things that we just believe without really questioning. And I'm not saying to just believe that there's a deeper purpose, but there is an element of suspending your disbelief that there could be another reason and that it's, you know, just some enemy trying to attack us. And the things that um, both Jeff and I have outlined as other possible reasons why this virus is here you could you have actual examples of how we're coming together because of this virus. You have examples of people who are surviving it, who have it, get sick, and then get better. That's actually a truth, and you can find evidence of that. I have a friend who is actually has been, it was just released, was on that um, cruise ship that was off uh, the coast of San Francisco. And she's now in, um, she's not sick. She was, she said that the experience was amazing. The cruise company treated them royally, even though they were confined to their cabins, they got extra Wi-Fi and they had, um, they, you know, made the best of the experience and she's continuing to, you know, follow protocol because she has no choice. She's now going to be in isolation for 14 days, but just the feeling, the feeling of being taken care of being, um, part of something that is a unifying factor, all of those things are positives that we can look at and kind of draw for, for our own lives upon when we start feeling afraid. I think ultimately what this taps into is our, our fear of death and, or a fear of suffering. 
or fear of losing someone that we care about. I know I did have the thought, you know, my, my elderly parents, I thought, Oh, oh, it would be really bad if they got this, you know, (laughs) especially my mom who has emphysema. And, but that's when you have a a broader perspective, we're all going to die of something. Right. (laughs) And so I kind of thought, well, what would it mean to actually embrace this virus, embrace it and accept that it's here for a purpose? And part of that for me was saying, well, if I'm meant to get it, no amount of no amount of antibacterial soap and isolation other than literally not leaving my house ever again is going to prevent that from happening if that's what's meant to be. So that's, you know, that's based obviously on my own personal belief system of everything happens for a reason. But um, just to ask yourself, you know, what is that? What is it that I'm really afraid of? And is that fear even realistic? Mm. Okay, I am ready to go even deeper. I'm like stirring inside with so many other things that I want to dig into. This is a really good time to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have so much more with Jeff Vanderkloot and Cheryl Lynn. So please don't go away. We'll be right back. Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom, but a little over a year ago, we realized she couldn't take care of herself without our help. And well, how could I not be there for her? I had no idea how hard it would be and just what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and even for me, ways to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics that got me started but also information about the hurdles I was facing in this new role. I could even connect with experts and hear from others who had been in my place. I know this road we're on isn't an easy one, but I'm really happy to have the extra help for her and for me. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. This message is brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is Maria Menunos coming to you with some urgent news impacting families across America. Studies reveal that one in five children in America are struggling with hunger. That's nearly 16 million children who may not know where they're getting their next meal or if it's even coming at all. 
These kids need help, and they need it now. But the good news is there's more than enough healthy food in this country to ensure that no one ever goes hungry again. And that's where the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks steps into the picture. They're out there every day collecting surplus food and helping to get it to children and families facing hunger. But they can't do it alone. Find out how you can help support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Radio to inspire, encourage, and empower your life. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. Come work with me. We are creating networks of cooperation right now. There are lots of different ways that we're doing that. You can check out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com. Also, goodofthewhole.org. Learn more about our guests' work at their websites. You can find Jeff at jeffvanderkloot.com, and you can find Cheryl Lynn at cherylynn.com. So, hello, you two. Welcome back to the second half. And I just want to acknowledge you, Jeff. I know it's really late over there in India right now when we're recording. So thank you for being with us here today. You're most welcome. It's really yeah. a pleasure. Oh, great. So, I, I, you know, I was looking at these themes that of both of you have pulled out, you know, being disconnected from our true nature and each other, that busyness, the virus as this unifying factor for greater cooperation, healing divisiveness, creating greater harmony. There's so much that both of you um, have really, have really tuned into in, in really understanding this virus. And I want to dig a little deeper. Um, both of you have kind of played with a few things that I, I really want to go into. And that one thing is, um, perhaps I'm going to say it a little different than either of you have said it here today so far, but it feels as if this virus is creating the conditions for a more collective awakening. And that can mean a lot of different things, but I'm wondering what that means to each of you. It feels really important at this time on our planet that we have an opportunity as a collective body of consciousness to really raise that consciousness. So I'm going to start with you, Jeff. When I say that, what, what emerges for you? What, what, what's stirring inside of you? What's stirring for me is the word love. So we've spoken about fear quite a bit, and the virus is actually quite a skillful teacher in showing us where we tend to go uh, in fear. And uh, so the antidote to fear is love. 
And love is much more fundamental. In fact, ultimately, it's all that there is. So I'll tell you a personal story, and then I'll extrapolate to how that could be a collective awakening. So a personal story, I didn't plan on sharing this, but some years ago, I think it was 2012, interestingly, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I could see over my head there was this dark cloud. It was absolutely uh, fear-embodied, just maybe 18 inches over my head. And the spontaneous response that rose up in me was, there is only love. Only love is real. And I didn't think about it. It's like when your car is coming at you and you jump out of the way. You don't think about it. So I said that. And as soon as I said that, only love is real, something in me completely relaxed. And I was able to go back to sleep. I'm not proposing that we go back to sleep in the, the spiritual sense. But uh, in that moment, I was able to rest and relax. And I did in a sense, keep one eye open, and that cloud dissolved over time. And the next day, I was in a state of bliss. I could truly hardly remember my name, and I could not remember what I had done the day before. So that's something very powerful to me. It showed me what can happen when we really let go of fear. So I'm seeing a collective opportunity for us to do this. If we can look fear right in the eye and and come to know within ourselves that only love is real. And therefore, that thing which seems so horrifying is actually love. Then there's some kind of internal release and there's a transmutation that occurs. And when enough people have that experience, uh, the transmutation that occurs will actually be something we can see and experience in the world. And also related to love, if we can see that this virus is love, and we, we are disarmed in this process, more of our energy is going to go to loving one another. And the boundaries and the borders and the barriers that have separated us for a long, long time will also dissolve. And we don't necessarily have to try to become more awake. It happens naturally as we become more at one and more connected. And we we discover truth and we actually become a lot more intelligent without having to study in books. And so as a species, we will be operating from the ground of truth with great intelligence, capable of addressing the big challenges of this time. Of course, there will at some point be a, a, a cure or a, um, a vaccine. That's a controversial topic for coronavirus. Um, that's taking the more medical and scientific approach. But what we'll discover also is that love itself truly heals. The body knows how to heal. And when we bathe it in love, when we're in an ambient state of love, we don't need the external medications to uh, rebalance our system. Our system knows well what to do. And our collective system, the system of humanity knows what to do. And the system of humanity is not separate from, from Gaia, from the planetary being. So we're going to discover, I'm quite confident, the oneness of the entire planet. So every single organism, every plant, every animal, even that which seems inanimate, will become ourself. And we will celebrate the livingness of all of it. And we will naturally act in such a way as to as to protect and support 
life in all of its forms. And then every single problem we could identify today, every form of unconsciousness in the world, I know this sounds utopian, but nevertheless, all of these, these deep-seated issues will find their natural resolution. So I'm grateful that the coronavirus can be one such catalyst uh, for this process. And, and there may be others, but in the scheme of things, this is a gentle catalyst. If it had been SARS or MERS, which I mentioned earlier, uh, they were much more lethal. So this is life actually playing very gentle with us. And uh, I'm grateful for the compassion that life is showing in this situation. Beautiful, Jeff. Your words are so comforting. And I, I just want to presence um, one piece here that I think is so important. Besides, of course, one of my favorite topics is that when we bathe ourselves in love, we heal. Our body knows what to do. Our collective planetary body knows what to do. So thank you for that. It is the antidote to fear. Love, love, love. But you said something really important when we're talking about creating the conditions for a more collective awakening, it was like, we don't have to do something. We don't have to go study. We don't have to go meditate. We don't have to go away to an ashram and spend time in silence. We don't have to go do all those things for this collective awakening. Your simple prescription was to just go out and love more. Yes. How brilliant. And we can practice that right now with the people around us and, and with nature yummy yes yummy okay cheryl i know this is right up your alley so i'm going to let you <laughs> expand on this because one of your antidotes is to amplify love yes <laughs> i was laughing actually when jeff said that because of course of course we're here that's what we're here for and we just we get so caught up in the divisiveness and the the fighting over territory that we forget that 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 is that that is a distraction from our true nature and truly who we are and our purpose so as you were speaking jeff i was i was thinking about or i was tuning into the physical body and what happens when we have something like this where there's a fear amplification and and how can we actually work with the body and assist the body to stay in balance to to no matter what is going on it's funny the number of people that i know that just have regular old colds right now <laughs> thank god it's not the coronavirus but i think that the that it's opened up people's immune systems to the idea of there's something out there that's going to get me and this pattern has been part of our history that we're so ready to move through. And it's one of the gifts of the virus that I see as well, where we've had this idea of territory and owning property, and we have to protect ourselves and protect our loved ones. And this whole, um, this, this whole very self me centric kind of, um, way of being is the thing that actually allows invasion to happen because we have bought into that that's the truth of how we operate that we have to you know some someone is better than someone else someone is going to have more possessions and the more you can kind of look at this as an opportunity to assess what's actually really important to you 
Like if you, you know, kind of take it to the nth degree where you can't leave your house, like you're someone who's quarantined and you can't leave your house and you all of a sudden have to look at other ways of spending your time than the usual ways that you spend your time. Maybe you have to be more creative in your work. Maybe you have to use the resources that you already have instead of going out and buying more of them. You know, it's detrimental to our economy, but what is our economy based on? It's, it's based on the idea that we're meant to consume resources. But are we really meant to consume resources? Maybe we're meant to recycle resources and repair the clothes instead of buying new ones and share and collaborate and cooperate. So as you're contemplating this, if you can kind of see that the physical body and all of the cells in your body are a cooperative force working together to keep you going, whether you're tuning in consciously or not, your body has this amazing system that has all these cooperative components. And when you flood your body with fear and worry and stress, it creates an environment where things like viruses can thrive. When you flood it with love and actually you know, Jeff, you were talking about going out there and, and looking for ways to spread love and be of, of loving service in the world. But can you imagine also doing that for yourself within? How can you amplify love within your own being and let yourselves know, like, we got this. I'm, I'm taking care of you. You know, I'm going to do the practical things that, you know, make sense to me. But I'm not go going to abandon you. And I think that that's a really important piece of the puzzle for, for our bodies to remain in balance, that they understand that, that this meaning the cells, they, that our cells understand that we've got this and that we're, we're here to support our bodies and, uh, and also appreciate how much our bodies support us. So in that kind of environment, things like viruses and other invasive entities, they don't really have a chance of thriving because they're, they, they're looking for a vulnerable system where they can play in that divisive, contentious atmosphere where they have a much better chance of surviving. Mm. Okay, I love this idea of a cooperative force. So Cheryl, you bring these words, cooperative force, and I'm thinking of a cooperative loving force, that it's time for us to be a cooperative loving force. And I'm going to go to Jeff, your terms, which I've been working on a lot lately, um, with good of the whole, we're, we're looking at how we're creating superorganisms, how we're literally creating these networks of cooperation on the planet. And when you talk about increasing the intelligence of the superorganism, I just want to introduce that idea here that humanity as a species is itself a superorganism, just like this virus is a superorganism, just like the fungi, the bees, the ants. There's so many different superorganisms that are different than 
um, singular organisms within the collective whole. And so when we think about this, Jeff, I'm going to ask you this, increasing the intelligence of the superorganism, when we can begin to see ourselves as one, part of a healthy superorganism is this communication and feedback loop. There's a lot of really brilliant things. We're going to talk about this next week on the show, actually. We're going to talk about superorganisms next week on the Dr. Julie Show. But this cooperative loving force seems to be this inherent function of a superorganism. Talk more about this superorganism and increasing our intelligence in, in whatever's – yeah, just expand on that, Jeff. Absolutely. Well, this is somewhat leading-edge territory for me, as it is for, for the whole species. Bruce Lipton gives a really powerful talk on how humanity is becoming an embodied superorganism, he says, when about 10 billion uh, individuals come together and begin to cooperate. That forms the next higher level of, um, of organism. And so it's interesting that we're, we're getting close enough to that point, we're already perhaps seeing the effects. You're seeing concentration of people in metro areas, and that is some good and some maybe not so good, but it, it's happening. And so one of the ways in which we can see from a mainstream perspective that the species is becoming more intelligent is to look at the internet and all of the different ways that we're connected, all of the different pathways that information can flow. And it's no longer the case that we need to go to the library and look at an encyclopedia to you know, find information. We can find so much more than could ever fit in an encyclopedia online in a tenth of a second, thanks to Google or Bing or another online service. So, so that's a way in which everyone can see and experience right now in real time how the species is becoming more intelligent. Then there are subtler levels on which we are becoming more awake and more empowered and more responsive, I want to say, and these are facets of intelligence. This cooperative loving force, which is inherent. So we don't have to make it. We don't have to learn how to do it. We already are it. And it is this vast, um, this vast oneness of life that knows exactly what it needs. And as we individually and collectively align with this, this oneness, this awake um, beingness, uh, there's an obviousness as well that we can rely on in any situation. We will see more and more clearly and more and more immediately what to do. So when it comes time to make a decision, the decision can happen very, very quickly. And so you have now billions of people who are moving about their daily lives and uh, with a lot of efficiency doing that which is, um, in physics terms, least energy, most, uh, most effective. And so there's the possibility of a higher order harmony where we're, we're playing the right note, each of us in our own lives, we're playing the note that we're meant to play. We have a sense of our purpose because it's now obvious to us how we fit into life and into our communities. And we experience, therefore, no dis-ease. We, um, we are aware to the point of bliss. Those are the words that come to me. And the bliss just naturally is when we click in to, uh, to that livingness. And that superorganism is the way that we're going to know it because we're going to, to experience this oneness collectively as the human species. 
Beautiful. We're talking about collective intelligence here, and the experts are going to dig into that next week. I just can't wait for that conversation on superorganisms. But thank you, Jeff. And I just want to pause with our listeners because I'm thinking of um, a few people that I've recently had a conversation with. And as I'm listening to both of you, there's a resonance. There's this deep sense of calm and resonance inside of me that says yes like like outside of my rational mind my body my heart that deeper knowing says yeah i get it yes i'm with you yes everything you're talking about and then there are those out there that perhaps would move into their mind and like Cheryl Lynn had mentioned, looking at the media, and then we start getting into our head and we start rationalizing and thinking and trying to make sense. And when we get up there, we throw it all out and go, oh my gosh, no way. This, you know. So I really encourage you to trust that innate, inherent intelligence that we're talking about here. Trust that innate, inherent, loving cooperative force that is us trust this unified field of consciousness that's moving among us i i love this i want to i want to continue this conversation with both of you i i just love both of you and your wisdom that you have to share but we only have a couple more minutes here on the show. So in one minute or less, I'm going to ask each of you for some closing remarks. And let's start with you, Cheryl. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the biggest remark I can make. But um, I was just thinking about how uh, what keeps coming to me is all is well, all is well, all is well over and over again. Because I think that that is underlying everything when you are able to step away from the mind chatter step away from the external presentation of facts or lack of facts when you really get that that high above the earth broad view you can see the earth as as the superorganism and all of these moving parts And we're just in a process. We're in a process of moving into a completely different way of operating. And this virus is is a catalyst for that new way of operating. And again, suspending your disbelief just long enough to see what's really possible. Jeff. Okay, well... I suppose the the fundamental shift we can make is to see the virus as an opportunity that life has brought our way to look at how we are with one another, to look at how we are living and how we are behaving and, and our patterns of consumption, which could be shifted towards recycling. And so it's an opportunity on many levels and in many ways. And one of the biggest opportunities, of course, is to practice love So let's practice love starting with ourselves. That's a great point. Start loving ourselves, our our cells, our bodies, our minds, our hearts, all of it. And and love one another, of course, and love this beautiful blue-green planet, which sustains life for all. 
Mm, thank you both for joining me today. This was really precious. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I do want to say for more information on the coronavirus, for medical advice, you can go to the Center for Disease Control, www.cdc.gov, or the World Health Organization at who.int. Many local health organizations have set up help lines to answer your questions. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.